And if you're visiting with us today, uh, we generally have a book of the Bible and go verse by verse through Scripture. And we're sort of in between books of the Bible right now. But uh, hopefully on September the 16th, we will begin a new book of the Bible. And also, uh, again, this Wednesday night will be the last Wednesday night of Summer Unite. And uh, then uh, the following Wednesday night, the first Wednesday night in September, uh, I will be teaching a Bible study again uh, over in the chapel Wednesday evening. And uh, the book that's been laid on my heart will be the book of Proverbs. And actually today, I'm going to give us just a little bit of a viewing uh, through a particular chapter of Proverbs. Uh, it is Proverbs chapter 3. So please take the opportunity to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. In just a moment, we will be reading the text of Scripture. All of us in life, as the song indicated, we've experienced ups and downs, haven't we? We maybe have experienced the, the high points of life, but uh, we've been faced with disappointment at times. And uh, before the, the morning is over, I want us again to come back to God's Word and and see that even in the midst of some of those things we may not have been excited about at the time, or even at times we think uh, could be devastating, God can work His good even through those kinds of situations. And for that, we have to be thankful. But as I was younger, uh, as some of you know, I was at Campbell University. I was in law school in the early 1980s at Campbell, uh, finishing up. And at that, at that uh, point... Uh, actually experienced my call uh, to ministry, uh, to teach and to pastor. It was during the time of law school, but the grace of God went ahead and finished law school. Well, I went to Texas and uh, I met my beloved wife, uh, a Texan, a native Texan. Uh, and I probably better not make any Texas jokes at this time, but move forward. We'll save those for later, all right? We'll save those for later. But I uh, met Betty and we got married in 1984. And uh, I actually went on my first church staff in 1984. So the grace of God, again, uh, 35 years out of graduating from law school and, and 34 years of vocational ministry. So I am a, a greatly blessed individual. But uh, as we, again, were in the early years of our marriage, uh, the year was 1989, and I'd actually finished up a couple of uh, other degrees in 1989, and uh, was looking and praying about a change of ministry. I, and I thought, well, we're still younger at the time. Uh, why not just do something exciting, maybe out of the ordinary, and, uh, you know, just, just get out of the, the routine of local church ministry. Well, the French Foreign Legion, as I've said before, they declined and turned us down. No, I'm kidding. We did not apply to the French Foreign Legion. But uh, we did apply to the United States military. And uh, I was accepted as a military chaplain, a United States uh, Naval chaplain. And again, got very excited. Because uh, for those of you that are here on a weekly basis, uh, I, have, uh, I have two hobbies in life. Uh, I used to, before my accident, I, I used to be a runner, but after the accident, all that stuff went to the side. But... Um, my, my two hobbies uh, in life are real estate 
and the beach and the coast. And uh, I love my hobbies. Love my hobbies. See, I grew up in the mountains of East Tennessee, and we had mountains. Uh, there aren't too many oceans in Tennessee, okay? You know, uh, God has created some beautiful country there, but uh, he did not put an ocean in Tennessee, all right, just so we know that. He did not. But I grew up loving the ocean and the coast. And I thought, well, which branch of the military to go into? Well, there's, all, there's one branch. There's the Coast Guard. But again, there's one branch that is supposed to always, you know, for the most part, 80% of, uh, of, of naval stations will be close to the coast. There's some that are inside uh, states and nations, but most of them are close to the coast. So again, we applied and uh, accepted the naval chaplaincy. And then I got my dream assignment. Again, remember a younger man then, and what did I love coming out of those mountains and hills of Tennessee? The coast, the water. Oh, I could just sense God's favor. I got the assignment to go to Guam. Now, now for me, that was exciting. Because I, I heard and read, that's an island. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to be out there in it in Guam. And I was, you're talking about excited, Betty would say this, I was excited. Oh, we were making plans. What are we going to do on this island? What, what new things to explore? And, and they even told us about these military flights that you can get on and you can hop from one island to another. Well, I mean, I, I even thought about weekends when I was off. How many islands could I be hopping around on, you know? Well, I went to Newport, to Rhode Island, for my, my training school in the military, which is a beautiful place in and of itself, if you ever have a chance to go to Newport. But you know, as I was getting down to the, to the end of my training, I got pulled uh, aside by some of my superior officers, and for me, everyone was pretty much superior in the training at that time. I got pulled to the side and said, uh, We've got something we want to let you know. Your orders have been changed, and you're not going to Guam anymore. You are going to a naval ship in San Diego. Are you talking about a devastating blow? I think I was so close to the ground for a few days, uh, I couldn't even uh, see where to go. I was pretty low. And before long, be honest with you, I started to get a little bit bitter. And I soon learned that military commands are commands. They happen to be orders and not just an invitation to negotiate. I learned that. Because I told my superiors I wasn't happy with what they had done. Well, they had a good life out of that. A good life. I had orders, and you know where I went? To San Diego. <laughs> I felt, well, San Diego is a beautiful place. I ended up liking San Diego, but it wasn't Guam. Well, i tell you what. Orders are, for the most part, in the military non-negotiable. God has given us some orders as well. God has given us commandments to follow. And the Scripture tells us that God's commandments are not burdensome. You know, a lot of times we think if we're commanded to do something, there, there's a burden associated with it, but, but that's not the case with God's Word. 
You see, in each of our lives, let's remember this. We have, we're blessed to have some younger people uh, with us today, and you've, you've heard this, and, and I've made this comment before from the pulpit here. The safest place in our lives to always be is in the center of God's will. It's in the center of God's will. That's the best place to always be. Well, God's Word says in Proverbs 3, beginning with verse 1, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Solomon in all of his wisdom, and apart from Jesus Christ, the Scripture indicates that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, of course, apart from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. An extremely wise man. Now let me say this, and I'll be bringing this out more in the, in the Wednesday night Bible studies uh, that I pray we'll be able to have uh, together. When we look at the life of Solomon, we see human nature. We see the issue of sin. We see the issues of not dealing with sin in our life. Because Solomon showed us that, again, he could be following the path of God. He could be declared to be the wisest man. But I tell you what, there was times in Solomon's life when his life got off base. He went directions that he should not have gone. He made some great mistakes. And an interesting study to further look at this is just the whole book of Ecclesiastes. And in Ecclesiastes, again, he would declare vanity, vanity, all is vanity. In other words, life is vanity. And Solomon would come to see that, that nothing in life has value apart from a relationship with God. Nothing in life has value apart from that. Solomon would see that. Because Solomon, again, because of his wealth... You know, he prayed for wisdom and, and God gave him what? God gave him great wealth, great prosperity, great material blessings and blessings of other kinds. But in the midst of having everything that he wanted, nothing brought satisfaction. Why? Because his life was off track. He was not following God. He was not trusting in God then. God did not have his heart at that time. He was alienated from God. And that's why particularly as we get in the Scripture today, we will see the importance again of, of what has been called again the inward, the outward experience. And you might say, Pastor, what is the inward, outward experience? It is this. Salvation is a matter of the heart. Following God is a matter of the heart. But as we make those heart decisions, we live out our lives in obedience to God. We live out our lives in obedience to Jesus Christ. And God has said, my son, he's saying this through Solomon, do not forget my law. And that was referring to the Torah. That was referring to what we consider the law again in the Old Testament. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. And actually we see many of these commands that God gave Solomon throughout the book of Proverbs. Keep these commands. Now let me say this, as believers, as we're believers, new covenant believers today, those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, 
the commands of God are still important. They're very important. In fact, let's think about the Great Commission. Again, the Great Commission tells us to go and to make disciples of all the nations, right? To make disciples of all of of the ethnic groups. To take the gospel again to the ends of the earth. That's at the heart of the Great Commission. And then what does it say to do as part of that disciple-making process? The Scripture says this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's after a person comes to faith in Christ. Baptism follows. But the second thing is this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, Jesus said. Teaching them, and that's what we're doing this morning. That's part of our life together as a church. This is Great Commission ministry here today. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And the good news is we do not do it ourselves. Jesus said, what lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We do not do it alone. He's with us here today. I'm thankful for the presence and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this place. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart Keep my commands. Your heart. Who you are spiritually within. Your heart. Remember our philosophy of ministry at Pleasant Union is to love God, to love others, and to make disciples. Loving God is the great commandment. In fact, if we had time, we would go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we would see in Deuteronomy chapter 6 the importance or the issue of loving God with our whole heart, everything that we are. And when, and when the lawyers and the scribes came to Jesus, as of course it's recorded in Matthew and the other Gospels as well, and said, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus stated that. And then Jesus stated the second one is likened to it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these things hinge all of the law and the prophets. Loving God with their whole heart. You know, in life in general, it becomes a burden to do things out of necessity or just obedience, doesn't it? There are some things I try to do for my beloved wife, Betty. But you know, if I'm only doing those things out of just obedience, out of necessity, I may be fulfilling getting something done or having a marriage. But you know what? My heart has to be in it. For it's an issue of the heart. Out of the heart flows life. Out of the heart flows my ministry to her and my ministry to you as a congregation. It is out of the heart. Out of the heart. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my command. For a length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. There's a promise of a long life. And and you might say, Pastor, where in Scripture do we get 
the first commandment with promise. It's actually out of the Ten Commandments. It's that commandment that deals with, in Exodus 20, it deals with honoring your father and mother. And the scripture says there, so that your days may be long on the land which the Lord your God has given you. Let me remind you what the, what the word honor means pretty much throughout scripture. The word honor means this, it means to treat as precious. That's what it means. To treat as precious. Yeah, some of us, uh, some of you may have had fathers or mothers maybe that were not the role models they needed to be. It, do, it doesn't mean accepting the bad, but it means because of that relationship, you treat that relationship and give honor to the relationship. The scripture will also talk about, at other points, honoring the king. And we'll have public service day in a couple of weeks. And let me, let me throw out this uh, societal and this cultural tidbit. The scripture talks about praying for those that are in authority. The scripture talks about honoring the king. There have been, and I will not name names at this point, there have been presidents of the United States, some of whom I have agreed with more so than others. I don't know about you. Anyone else in that camp? Don't necessarily raise your hand. Some I've liked more than others. But you know what? I don't care if it had been any of, say, the five, uh, of course, I guess Ronald Reagan's passed, whatever, and, and now uh, the elder Bush has, has passed. But, but, but no, okay. Still alive, that's right. His wife has passed. His wife has passed. But in other words, if they had walked in, those that are alive, we would give honor to the office. We would give honor to the position, even if we disagreed with the person. That's what we should do. That's what we should do. Pray for those in authority over you. Honor the king. For a length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. That's the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. It's what we looked at earlier a few months ago in Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Verse 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Mercy. The mercy of God. Do you sometimes wonder what's the difference between grace and mercy? We hear about these two concepts throughout all of Scripture. In essence, they work hand in hand. But, but mercy is how and other people have, have distinguished it this way. Yeah, mercy, in essence, is God withholding from us what we deserve. Mercy, in essence, is God withholding from us what we deserve. And grace is God giving us what we did not deserve. Sort of a way of distinguishing there between mercy and grace. Both are very, very important to us as believers. For a length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Again, write them on your heart. Let it be part of who you are. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Look at the next couple of verses. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord. That means to put our faith in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, again, with all of what? Your heart. Coming back again to the heart issue, trusting, putting our faith in God. Greg Ogden wrote this. The test of faith is the ability to trust God when life is at its worst. That's the test of faith, is trusting God during those difficult times. And Kyle sang about that this morning. Trusting God during those times. That, that's, when it, that's when the rubber meets the road. You know, Melissa in the hospital now, she has to put her faith and trust in God even in the midst of these very difficult times. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. We know that Romans 8, verses 28 and following tells us this. God works all things together for good again to those who know Him, those who followed Him, and then there is that unbroken chain the Scripture talks about. It doesn't mean that everything in life is good, but it even means that in the midst of things that may be quite difficult, God can bring out something beautiful, something good. Now... Again, not everything is good, but God can work for the good in everything. And as Ogden would say, he mentioned this, God incorporates our detours into His roadmap. Where we've got off base in life, but you know what? God puts that in our, our roadmap. And time gives us perspective. Time gives us perspective. Those of us that may be over the age of 20 or 25 here today, we've had life experiences both good and bad. If you're younger, you've had life experiences both good and bad, even from being a young child, right? So really, age is no factor there. Age is not a factor at all. You've had some good and some difficult experiences. But God, again, can allow time to put things in perspective. I go back to uh, my illustration that I opened with about being in the Navy and not getting Guam as an assignment. Little did I know that uh, I, I entered the military in 1989 that in 1991 there would be a short conflict known as Desert Shield, etc. And other names were associated with it as well. Desert Storm, Desert Shield, other names. And once that was over, and it was a very short conflict, the military had a major drawdown. Literally, there was a buildup of hundreds of thousands of people, and they opened up the gate, and hundreds of thousands of people departed from the military. At that point in my life, I did a serious assessment, a very serious assessment. And in those two years, give or take, of the military, I had already gone up in rank. I was an 03. Well, you know, an 03 makes some decent money. 03, you know, there's some potential there, at least in man's eyes. I saw potential and I saw promise, but I did not sense God's leadership to stay. 
So I submitted my resignation knowing that I would get an honorable discharge during that time, and I got out of the military. I got out of the military by doing something that when I give young people advice, I tell them to never do what I did. Uh, my advice to people is you always go from one job to another. That's my advice. Generally speaking, the, the advice is that you go from one job to another. Why? It's always easier to get a job if you have one versus if you do not have one. I mean, that's just the way normally it works. But I got out of the military not having a job. And there were some struggles for months. In fact, for the first time in my life, I went on unemployment and was getting an unemployment check and was having to submit X number of resumes per week and all that kind of stuff back there. But I tell you this, I knew God wanted me to get out. And if I had just followed the money then, or followed the easier road, which for me would have been to have stayed in, I would not be able to be here in all likelihood with you today. I would not have had the opportunity now by the grace of God to teach at the seminary and I've started my 23rd year now of teaching at the seminary. I would not have had those opportunities. Time changes the perspective of things. It does. Trust in the Lord with all and as Kyle's saying, there are times we trust, and, you know, in months I did get a job. And God has sustained me by His grace over the years. But, you know, there are times when it doesn't always work out the way we'd like for it to have worked out. But God is still on His throne, isn't He? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and he shall direct your paths. He shall direct your paths. Again, that applies to any age that's here today. For those who are still in formal schooling, the challenge for you today is this. It's the same for all of us, really. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in Him. Trust in Him. Lean not on your own understanding. You, you may think, you know, you've got it figured out. But again, seek God's counsel through His Word and prayer. Seek His will. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. God's got us on a road map. Aren't you thankful for that? We don't know what the next step may be. We, we, we don't know all the details. That may well be a good thing. But God has a plan and God has a purpose for all of us here today. And, and the first thing in God's plan and purpose is this. It's becoming a child of His through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. For the Bible tells us there's salvation in no other name other than the precious name of Jesus. And if you're here today and you have not truly turned your heart over to Jesus Christ, He'll forgive you of all your past, every sin, past, present, and future, and He'll come into your life and He will literally transform you. 
If you've never made that decision, you can make it today. It's the most important decision. But all of us today need to be challenged with this. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart. I want to be trusting in God, don't you? With everything that I am. I don't want to be leaning on what other worldly information or knowledge or education I have. But I know He's going to direct my paths. Let me say this. That prayer is for us as individuals. It's for us as a church as well. We pray for God to do what as a church? Direct our paths. Lead us. Guide us. Go before us. We acknowledge His sufficiency. Some of you may have great needs today. Let me say this. We serve a God today. Those of us who are believers here can meet any need. Nothing is beyond His touch. Nothing. Nothing. Bring your needs, your cares, and your concerns to Jesus today. Because He knows what those are. Whatever needs you have, bring it to Him. Bring it to Him. Congregation, please stand uh, during this time of invitation. Respond as the Lord touches your heart.